during Job's life. No light had darkness. And then a final word is insecurity. When you lose your job, lose your health, insecurity will, ru will rule your mind and your spirit. Uh, I, I've been in those places in my life where I felt insecure. It's like, I'm not, I'm not really secure in, in, in doing this job, or I'm not really secure in, in being a part of, part of uh, this group. I'm not really secure in myself. And so, like Job, we can have some insecurities. So these words describe Job's situation, and they would also go on to describe his identity. So Joseph would no longer really be, be described as someone who, who he was before, how God created him. He was thriving. Things were going great in his life, and that's how, what he was known for. That was his identity, but he can no longer be identified as that. He had a broken ego. He had a broken identity. What about your identity? Have you, have you sort of had chap, chapters in, in, in Job's story sort of creep into your story as well? Have you had uh, things like shame come upon you? Does your past haunt you? Are you embarrassed to be around certain groups of people because maybe some things you've said or maybe some things you've done, you know, or you made a, just a, a stupid d decision, a stupid choice. It's like, man, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I, I don't want to be around. I, I don't want people to know. You just want to hide somewhere. I've done that. We've all done that. Shame. Well, let me tell you something. There is no sin too great for the grace of God. And there's no habit too big for God's healing. No habit too big for God's healing in our life. And there's no label too strong for his love. Whatever label you're wearing right now, because maybe you have a broken identity, that label that you now wear, God's love and his grace can overpower that. God's power is bigger than your past. Some people need to hear that today. God's power is bigger than your past. They said, well, Frank, I, I don't know what that looks like. We're going to get into that, but I want you to just hold on to that. Your shame, your past, God is more powerful than that. What about, uh, what about fear? How does fear grip your life? Every once in a while, I'll get a text from our, from our oldest uh, daughter, Madison. She's a senior at Woodland High School. And I'll be, I'll be driving somewhere or sitting in the office or whatever. And I get this text from Madison that says, are you okay? Question mark. And I'm like, uh, I guess I'm okay. Is there a reason why I shouldn't be okay? And then later, I would, uh, you know, she would say, oh, just checking. Was, you know, first few times it happened, I was like, that's kind of that's weird why she would ask a question. But later I learned that she had heard of a, of a wreck that was kind of around her school. And after I dropped her off or for some event or for school, or whatever, she would, uh, she would check on me to make sure it wasn't me. And, and it's almost at a point to where, you know, even she hears sirens. You know, if she's at the house, she hears sirens. Dad, you okay? 
I'm okay. Thank you. Pray for me. All right. And but but she she just it's her her spirit. It's a protector. You know, on the on the soccer team, she plays that middle back uh, defender. Her school, Woodland High School, played Cartersville, and and uh, they didn't. Uh, Cartersville didn't score on them. They won the game. Why? Madison was there in the backfield. She didn't allow any goals to go into there. She's a protector. And so that's in her, that's in her heart. That's in her spirit. So she's out to protect dad. And, 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 and I'm glad that she is because she can lift more than me. She's stronger than me. You know, those kinds of things. So I pretty much do whatever she tells me to do. But, but, some, but I, I kind of use that sort of lighthearted. But, but many of us live in constant fear. We live in that constant fear of what could happen, almost like Job did, living in that constant fear, Lord, what could happen? And so maybe you're, you're someone who walks in that. But let me tell you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then you, if you've accepted him, you've invited him into your life, that means the Holy Spirit is in your life. And Jesus said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I've not given you that spirit of fear. That spirit of fear has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. So you can tell fear you have no room in your life. You have no room in your life. I, can't, I don't need to fear those things that I normally fear because the Holy Spirit lives within me. Now, if you have never accepted Christ as Savior, and if you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you, and you're walking in fear, I would invite you to get right with the Lord. Confess your sins. Believe in Jesus. And invite Him into your life. Maybe, maybe you have trouble in your life. Maybe you're like, like Job, and you have trouble. Maybe that, that trouble chapter is, is in your life. You have, a, you have a new boss. Everybody's scared when a new boss comes, comes around, right? We're like, okay, what is this going to be like? Okay, we have a new boss. Will he like me? Will she like me? Will they not? And so maybe you have a boss that's like after you. I've had those bosses. Man, they're like after me. It's like, what did I do? And I'm just trying to do my job. You know, but maybe you're, you're sort of walking in, the, in that trouble in, in, in your life. You, it seems like you're, you're surrounded uh, by that trouble. Maybe you... Maybe if you're a teenager and if you're uh, on a sports team and you have a, you have a, a coach that sort of just doesn't like you and is always making you to do extra things and, and sitting you on the bench and it's like, man, this is troubling. What can I do? Or maybe you're a parent and you have a, a child who's, who's, who's just trouble. You know, maybe even as an adult child, they're, they're making bad decisions and you're like, Lord, what do I do with that? And, and it's troubling. What about Darkness. What darkness could be in your life? You know, it's easy to let darkness come into our homes, to invade our homes. And the reason why darkness comes into our homes is because we don't provide enough light. Let me tell you something. Now more than ever, the darkness of this world has invaded our homes. Parents, darkness has invaded our homes. Electronic devices, darkness is there. How do we remove the darkness? Through light. Talk about Jesus in conversations. Have those prayers. Have those, have those times of, of, of uh, devotionals. Read God's word. Talk about God's word. Take every moment you can. In car rides, 
take those moments to, to listen to God's word or, or talk about it. Bring the light of Jesus into your home. Keep that darkness away. What about insecurity? What about insecurity? Do you, do you feel like you're insecure? Maybe you're sitting here and you're, you're a single parent and you're a little bit insecure. You're not sure how you can do this. You're not sure if you can do this. You're not sure if you have the strength, you have the energy to do this. You're insecure. But I don't, I don't have that other spouse to help me. Those are, those are real, real feelings. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're a middle school student. Middle school students have the toughest time with security. Maybe you don't know what group to fit in and you're just, you're just insecure and you're not sure you know, how, to, how to handle yourself. You're not, you're not sure who to talk to or even how to talk to people and you're not sure how to fit into certain groups. You, and in order to fit in certain groups, you've got to do certain things. And some of those things don't really line up with God's word. And you're, but you want to obey God's word, but you want to fit in. And so you're like, you just want to scream because you're just insecure. That didn't make you a bad person. That didn't make you a bad person. Everybody feels insecure. Trust me, I've, I've felt insecure as well. Starting a new church, I've never done this before. Talk about being insecure. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's... That's why I'm depending on the Lord, depending on the Holy Spirit to speak to my life and trusting the people to help with this. But whether, whether you're secure or insecure, know this. You are designed by God to be a masterpiece. You are designed by God to be a masterpiece. Well, Frank, I don't, I don't really feel like a masterpiece. I don't really, <laughs> I really don't feel like God spent much time making me as a masterpiece. I don't feel like that my past is, is anything like a masterpiece. I don't feel that I'm secure enough to walk as a masterpiece and be presented as a masterpiece by God, the creator, the artist, God. I don't feel like a masterpiece. So, how do you respond? How do you respond when you feel like you have a broken ego? Some of those words that I mentioned, shame and fear, insecurity, those, those kinds of words, what do you do when you have that broken ego, when you have that broken identity? How do you respond to that? How should we respond to that? When it, it, when it has invaded and scarred your reputation, how do we handle that? Well, first, let me tell you a little bit about your reputation. Your reputation is not who you really are. Job was created by God as a masterpiece. Things happened in his life that turned his ego, turned his identity around and scarred his reputation. How others looked at him. Not who he was. So your reputation 
is what others think you are. Your character is who you really are. Your character is who you really are. You are a masterpiece. And we need to get back to that masterpiece. And we need to look beyond these words that can plague our life when we have a broken identity. How do we do that? Well, I can think of no other passage than in the book of Job. You know, when reading through, through God's word, I'm, I'm reading through the book of Job right now, and every time I come to the book of Job, I think, ah, oh, this is dreadful because it's so depressing. You know, it's like watching, you know, off a movie, you know, just a you ever seen the movies? Like, hey, I'm excited about this movie. And you, walk, you finish watching, and you're like, that was awful. You know, I, I got to watch something else, you know? I sort of jump off a building after that, you know? So, and, but, but sometimes I, I, I approach Job, and I, but every time I finish Job, and as I'm reading Job, I'm like, wow, that was really good. There's lots of great truth inside the book of Job, and I would encourage you to do that. And if you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to read in Job chapter 11. If you don't have your copy of God's Word, we have it on the screen. And we also have it on the YouVersion Bible app. And just so you know, the YouVersion Bible app, I would encourage you to download that uh, Bible app if you haven't done so. And if you had it before, you need to, you need to um, update it because they've, kind of, uh, they've done an update. And, and actually, as you look at that, we can add had, uh, uh, pictures and all kinds of stuff on that. Uh, but you, you need to go to uh, uh, the Bible app and then go to, um, go to the events in that app. And then you can find Lake Point Church. We're listed there. But in Job chapter 11, there's such, such great hope in this passage. In Job chapter 11, we're going to start reading in verse 13. It says this, Yet if you devote your heart to him, and this is one of Job's so-called friends, that are telling him, but this is good word, good word here. He says, yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then, okay, let's stop there. It started off, this passage started off with, with an if. If. I like ifs because then there's a then. Like we use if-then statements all the time. If you clean your room, or if you wash the cars and vacuum them, and the tires, and the inside, will take you to go see a movie. It could go the opposite way. If I catch you with your room looking and smelling like it is right now, then this is going to happen, okay? But if-then statements are very important in our lives. And so this is an if-then statement. So if you devote your heart to him, and if you stretch out your hands to him, and if you put away the sin that is in your hand, and if you allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then free of fault, you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. 
You will look about you and uh, take your rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court your favor. Now, that's a, an incredible promise from the Word of God. It's an amazing promise. And so if we look at the ifs, if you devote your heart to Him, if you devote your life to Him, if, if Jesus is your first love and remains your first love. Say, so, well, Frank, I'm, I'm kind of getting into this, this life with Jesus kind of late. That's okay. He can move up to the top as your most important love in your life. It, as you devote to him, as you pray, spend time with him and be in God's word, devote your heart to him. If you stretch out your hands to him and surrender, stretch out your hands to him and say, God, I, 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 can't, I can't do this alone. I need your help. I'm tired of living life on my own strength. Stretch out your hands to him. If you put away the sin that is in your hand, we use our hands to sin. And the most common thing we use sometimes is this. This right here can be a great thing. This mobile device can be a great thing, but can also be something that can bring sin into our life. Put away the sin that is in your hand. I'm not telling you to take your phone and throw it in the Etowah River, but I am saying take your phone and use it for good. Read God's word on it. Take the sin that is in your hand. Don't use your hands for sin. And allow no evil to dwell in your tent. Allow no evil to come into your house. Don't let the darkness come into your home, but bring light into your home. And and what does it say? What is it then? Then, free of fault, you will lift up your face. You will lift up your face, free from fault. Another verse that says, free from shame. Free from shame, you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble as water has gone by. And they use that as water under a bridge. You put something in, in a river and let it float down, it's going to go under the bridge and it's going to go down. Put your sin and your trouble in the water, in the river of God, and allow God to let that go on by. And trouble will be gone as days gone by. Life will be brighter than the noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You, your darkness in your life will be chased away by the light. And you will be secure. You will be secure. That insecurity you're feeling in your life right now, you will be secure. God will take that insecurity away. So that's a powerful if-then statement. I would encourage you to take that passage, especially the first part of devoting your heart to him, of stretching out your hands to him, of putting away that sin and allow no evil to come into your house. Those four things, if you do those things, that's a promise in God's word. And some of those things that you're struggling with, you're going to be able to get through those more. Now, it doesn't mean that if you do those four things, trouble will never come to you. Because let me tell you something about Job. Job was designed 
as a masterpiece. And Job was a man who followed the Lord with all his heart, more than any loved Job. And Job lived his life in fear of the Lord, honored God with his life. And so, if it could happen to Job, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. So, but when those things do happen, and in preparation of some things happening in your life, those four things will help you get through it. Those four things will help you prepare for it. There's another story of a man who had everything. He was a man that had it all. He had a thriving business. He had a, a, a beautiful family, a beautiful wife, four beautiful girls. At one point, his business, in the height of his business, this man, his business was worth about $140 million. He was well known throughout the world. In fact, his name was his name and, 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 and his stamp of who he was was in one of 20 American homes. One out of 20 American homes had this man's name and this man's identity in their home. That's amazing. One in 20 Americans. But one day, and probably in a matter of just a few days, even a few weeks, it seems like it all went away. People, people started to talk about this man. People started to be critical of, of his work. And that got to his heart, and it got to his head. And he forgot about devoting his heart to the Lord. He forgot about stretching his arms to him because this man was a believer. This man was a Christian. And this man allowed what people had to say and tarnish his reputation. And he, his, he tied his identity so much with what people thought about him that he changed his identity. He changed his ego. He changed what God designed him to be. And it went further downhill. He began drinking. And he allowed darkness into his life. This magnificent painter of light allowed darkness into his life. Four years ago, on April 6th, this coming April 6th, just a few days away, Thomas Kincaid died from an overdose of alcohol and Valium. He lost everything. He lost it all. Because he allowed what other people were saying about him to alter his life. But let me tell you something. God created Thomas Kincaid as a masterpiece. You look at Thomas Kincaid's website, 
Thomas Kincaid had an, an incredible biography. Obviously, he didn't, he didn't talk about the negative things in his life. He did use Thomas Kincaid. But just like Thomas Kincaid, all of us can, can be turned around. All of us can have a broken identity. And so my encouragement to you is to allow that broken identity to be an alter ego, an alter identity, because God has created you as a masterpiece. And Thomas Kincaid lived and was created as a masterpiece. This portrait, this picture, is one of his many paintings. And so, this right here, this is Thomas Kincaid. The man who let alcohol ruin his life and let others, what others sought of him, ruin his life and allow darkness into his life. That was not Thomas Kincaid. God did not create Thomas like that. He created Thomas like this. So I'm going to tell you something. You were created as a masterpiece. This is you. This is you. The trouble in your life, the shame in your life, the fear in your life, the darkness, the insecurity in your life, that is not you. That is not you. So I encourage you, devote your heart to the Lord. Stretch out your hands to Him and surrender. Say, God, I cannot do this on my own. Please let me live my life for you. Please let me see myself as you see me. Put away the sin that is in your hand. And allow no darkness into your life. Allow no darkness in your home. And remember, God's power is more powerful than your past. He is more powerful than your past. So get back to your masterpiece. 